Hey, this is Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. Uh, back uh, again once again, I should say, for the month of September, which uh, if you remember from the last podcast, my rant where I went on um, about uh, some Facebook gold, insurance agent 2020, I talked a little bit about Ryan Hanley, talked about trustedchoice.com, grow, rising tides. It was a great, well-listened-to podcast, and I uh, got a lot of great feedback. I do appreciate you guys going out there to Stitcher, going out there to iTunes and leaving your reviews. Um, you just really don't understand how important that is to me. And actually, one of the things, uh, there's uh, our guest today who has a podcast himself. One of the things that he always says that I really have uh, kind of adopted here is that I'll do this for free. I am more than happy to do Agents Influence Podcast from you. Matter of fact, it's something that I look forward to and, and just really gets my motors going. So the only thing we ask of you is if you could take a couple seconds and reach out to the iTunes, reach out to Stitcher, and, and leave a review. You, I don't want to go on here because this is the intro to a great podcast, but I have to let you know, it does a lot for us. It holds a lot of weight with the communities, and it's just something that we appreciate all who have already done it. And if you haven't, ask that you just take a second, click on it, and go there, and leave us a review. So, in the meantime, today we are going to get going with a wonderful, uh, a, a new um, uh, person this year, I should say. Uh, uh, Ryan Handley is going to be our guest, and he was on about 17 months ago. And so, I think you're going to like what we have to say. We're going to talk about a lot of different things in marketing. And so, I would like to, without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and get right into the podcast. And here we go. <music> Jason Cass back with Agents Influence Podcast. Once again, I hope you like that music. That's our new music that we're using from Sun Stereo. That song's called No Exception. And uh, I've actually had two emails because we just used it. That's, this is the second time we've used it from people who really told me they liked it. And actually, one agent went out and bought the track. So I, I really thought that was cool. I was happy that I could call my buddy. Uh, goes to the University of Illinois, um, and he's their uh, percussionist. And see, when we were younger, he said it was okay to call him a drummer. Now he's a percussionist, now that he's got a master's degree. So I just tell him to shut up, and he's still my friend. So anyways, uh, without further ado, what I want to do is I want to bring on Ryan Hanley to the uh, podcast. You guys, if you don't know, he was on about 17 months ago. Yes, 17 months we've been on um, uh, producing and keeping this platform for you to spread your voice. And Ryan has got a lot of great things. If you don't know him, check out RyanHanley.com. Uh, he's a speaker. He's an author. He's an insurance agent. He's a marketing uh, a, a marketing guru. He owns a marketing company. And he now um, just took on a position that he's going to tell you more about with one of the largest and most powerful uh, marketing companies in the insurance industry, uh, TrustedChoice.com. So before we uh, start, I want to say hello, Ryan. Jay, what's going on, man? It's great to be here. All right, man, and uh, it's great to have you. It's great to have you. If you guys don't know, if you guys don't know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take away all the disclosures and I'm gonna put them all out there. Ryan and I are very, very good friends, and we talk and we email, heck, almost on a daily basis. So you're gonna kind of know there's a little camaraderie here, and uh, we, but you will also know that sometimes, not in our thoughts, but in the platforms we use. Are completely different. Um, but when I use his platform, I follow his lead, 
And I hope that when he uses the platforms I'm familiar with, that he follows my lead. If he doesn't, that's his fault. So, Ryan, um, tell us a little bit about you. Let the listeners know. Before we do, here's the question my listeners always like. You an iPhone or a Droid user? iPhone. I know, I know. And um, something I always like to throw on people, make you think last minute. What is a a recent app that you've downloaded that you think would be beneficial to people? Whether it's a cool app, funny app, or serious app, tell me one. So recent apps that I have downloaded. uh, I'm a huge Instagram guy, so I just downloaded Hyperlapse, which is this really cool app. It's super simple. You, You, it's video. And you take like a minute's worth of video, but it only records it as like 10 seconds. So it's like super fast. So like I was um, uh, I was helping my wife, uh, and we can get into this in a little bit. My wife works, her family owns an independent insurance agency, which is really where I cut my teeth in the industry for the last eight years. And uh, they were supporting a charity, so I went with her to just kind of be there and support. And uh, I was I stood there with the, this app going, Hyperlapse, and all as the, all the runners were running by, and I just took like maybe a minute and a half worth of video, and it was really cool because like now all these runners are like waving, and but they're going by like at twice the speed, so you get a sense, this like kind of like cool sense for what's happening without having to watch a minute and a half worth of video. So that's kind of a cool one. Um, uh, another one that I'll share because this is very cool. It's also Instagram related. Is a app called Word Swag, Word Swag, and it allows you to put text a jay actually for that really cool quote that that you gave me that i that i made the image for i use this app for that where you can put text over images and kind of make it look um styled or designed Mm -hmm. and then you can share those out in social media and i do that through an app called word swag so those are two that i um that wow. I would recommend for people. Well, that's awesome. In WordSwag, Karis at Grow um, program, our, our gra- graphics person, she uses WordSwag. And so that's really cool, especially when she needs to get a real quick post out if she's heard something. It's just very simple. I think you'd probably agree. Yeah. 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 It's super simple and easy. And I actually, um, for my book, as I've been writing it, I write like a cool line. I'll just pop it into WordSwag and uh you know, kind of send it out, and inst- for the people that don't know, Instagram lets you is a app, a social network that also lets you post out to Facebook and and Twitter. So uh, it just kind of lets me keep the word out or share an interesting piece of information pretty quickly. I like that. And then yeah. for all of you out there, insurance professionals, think of using something like a hyperlapse. Is that was that what it was called? Hyperlapse. Yeah. Yep. Think of using a hyperlapse at your next uh, business after hours at your chamber, um, rather than sitting there taking an as you as Ryan said a minute, minute and a half video. Think if you just took the minute, minute and a half video, but then you shared it on your on your social platforms. I mean, how benefit that be? Because we know that community really drives engagement. That's something we know here as listeners. So Brian or uh, Ryan, thanks very much. That is, yeah. I like that. I lo- I'm going to try and use that hyperlapse. That word swag's awesome as well. So yeah. Ryan, Ryan, tell us about you um i'm i mean tell us go back to 2009 and uh tell us you know tell us tell us your story tell us the story well i'm gonna go a little farther back than 2009 okay that's cool. okay no okay. that's cool that's cool so uh just so people have a have a framework of where i'm coming from and uh when they when they read articles that i've written and, and they get a sense for for who i am they can they can get a feel for for where it comes from and, and kind of a lot of the things that i'll say in the rest of this interview um i grew up very blue collar upstate New York, 
And uh, my parents' goal was always to get me out of the blue-collar lifestyle. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but they wanted me to, you know, not have to work with my hands for my entire life. And plus, I was not very good working with my hands, so I wouldn't have been <laughs> successful if I had chosen that career. Um, so uh, I did what every kind of kid thinks is the right thing to do, right? Like studied, went to college. As soon as I got out of college, I was like, all right, the next step is getting a big uh, corporate job, which is what I did. I worked. But you for... played baseball in college. Yeah, I don't, played baseball. Don't, yeah, don't I leave mean, that out. You're a ball player. Yeah, yeah. Big baseball fan. Um, I was a ball player. Uh, I won't say that I got good grades, but I got good enough grades. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed uh, many of the, the perks of the college life a little too much, but that's okay. That's a story for another day. So if you're at uh, any of the conventions coming up that I'm at, you buy me a beer, I'll tell you that story. But um, <laughs> so... Uh, so I did. I worked. I've worked for a company called RSM McGladry, which is a big international accounting firm. And I worked for American Express down in the financial district in New York City. And I was very unhappy in those jobs. And and I thought, you know, what the heck is wrong with me? How could I? How could I not like working in the financial epicenter of the world for one of the largest financial institutions in the world? You know, this well recognized uh, brand name, American Express. Um, and I was very kind of down on myself and my ability to just be successful in the working world. And then uh, my wife, my then girlfriend, now wife, and I uh, decided to move back to Albany, New York, which is where we're from, about two and a half hours north of New York City. And in doing so, her father sat me down kind of mafioso style <laughs> and made an offer that I really couldn't refuse, and, and that was to come be an insurance producer at um, the it was then called the Gilderland Agency, now the Murray Group Insurance Services, uh, just a brand change, not an ownership change. And I did that. So boots on the ground, seven, seven and a half years, uh, boots on the ground, you know, walking the streets, knocking on doors, you know, doing the whole thing, um, you know, 15 person agency, you know, you write some commercial, you write some personal, basically whatever you can get your hand on, you try to build relationships. I realized very early on that at 20 five or 26, however old I was, uh, that it was extremely hard to be successful in the insurance industry because you were competing against mostly um, well-established men and women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who had been in the community for a long time, had a lot of relationships, and just had, had, had established a layer of trust that uh, a 26-year-old just could never achieve. Um, and, and that was frustrating to me. Um, so, so I happened to be at a chamber of commerce meeting, um, uh, for those unfamiliar chamber of commerce, business networking event and those circles, like at high school dances form, you know, and people start talking and I elbow my way into one of these circles and I hear a real estate agent say to a mortgage broker, we'll just connect on LinkedIn. And that, you know, I, it blew my mind because I had no, I had heard of LinkedIn but I had no idea like what it was really about. But it scared the crap out of me because here's two two people that you would consider uh, very high quality centers of influence for an independent property casualty insurance agent, a mortgage broker, and a real estate agent, and they're connecting on something called LinkedIn, and I'm not there. And it just like this light bulb went off over my head. There are conversations happening that you are not a part of. That's what I said to myself. I literally standing there in that moment, I said, Ryan, there are conversations happening that you are not a part of. And I immediately left. And I drove back to my office at eight o'clock at night and I logged onto my computer and I signed up for LinkedIn that day. 
and I started to get a feel for what the network was all about. And I started to build some connections and people who I had met, I connected with them and I started to see what was going on. And I realized very quickly that it's the content creators that get the most attention. It's the people who are actively creating some form of content, a blog post, a video, a podcast, whatever their method is, sharing images, whatever their method is. It's the people who are the creators that are getting the most attention, that people want to know, that people comment on, that people share. Those are the people, people who create. Um, okay. And, okay. you know, so I started a blog and I realized very quickly that at 26, creating high quality blog posts that I could not only compete with my more experienced competitors, but in some cases I had the ability to, uh, to, to win. And I've been hooked ever since. It's just been hooked. And, and you, and you, yeah. And it's funny because you actually have a, uh, an article. If you want to check it out on the grow program, Facebook site, it's uh, called about his addiction. Um, but it doesn't specifically have to do with this. That has to do with, uh, um, a certain thing on Google plus, but here's one thing I want to bring it back to, which is really, really, and I want you to nail this for us, Ryan, really give us your input here. When you said that creators, um, of content, whether no matter what piece of content it would be, um, creators of content get the attention and they're the ones who, who get the business is, is something like that. Isn't that what you said? I'm writing it down and I, and I didn't catch yeah, it. Yeah. Basically, um, in the digital space, there's a lot of different ways to, to have a presence, right? You can just be a voyeur. You can just show up and connect with people and read other people's content and maybe like it or whatever once in a while. Uh, you can be a curator, which is someone who finds really interesting pieces of information and reshares them to their own network. Or you can be a creator, and that's creating content that is original to you. Now, the ideas don't necessarily have to be original or whatever, but the, the piece of content, it originated on something on your platform, uh, your blog, your YouTube channel, whatever the, the means of media is. It's those people who create that really control um, where the attention goes. Okay. All right. And, and, and this is so important because I want to bring this together. Is it true that that's the way it's always been? Yeah. When you, I mean, think back about, about all kinds of advertising. I mm -hmm. mean, um, there wasn't always all these means to create right back in the fifties and sixties, the whole Mad Men thing. Um, the way that you created in those days was to create an advertisement using one of these agencies and getting it out in front of, uh, getting it out in front of your audience that way. Uh, you go back even further with um, uh, uh, Guinness Beer. They created the Guinness Book of World Records as a piece of content marketing, right? Mm, they created mm, the one. Guinness Book of World Records out of thin air. It was just an idea that they created so to attach their brand to something that people enjoy these kind of records and, and stuff to get it was it was a way of generating brand attention now there's a lot of different stories around that whether it was uh, trivia and bars and all this stuff but you know the point is that people have been creating content to market their business for a long time I mean, but the difference is not... the difference is though today to help the people the listeners is that now ryan hanley in little old albany new york sitting in the back office of a little bitty insurance agency, it's really not, I'm just trying to exaggerate the point here, um, can now compete with those other mediums. 
I think that's one of the things that I really, I really want to emphasize to the listeners here, Ryan, is that you're doing nothing more, pretty much. Um, your YouTube channel is probably just as famous sometimes as some of these other boring channels that we have out there. And I'm not talking YouTube. I'm talking actually television channels or radio channels. Um, I think that that's what the most important thing is. And Ryan, tell me if I'm wrong in this. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong. I mean, here, here's the deal is that uh, there are many YouTube channels. So when you talk about big brands, right? I know the people that aren't that are listening to this for the most part are not big brands. But let's talk in that context first, and I'll drill this into how we can actually use this in our agency. So when you look at the way big brands are marketing, they're starting to pull away from TV a little bit and spend more money and time marketing on YouTube. Why are they doing that? Because you could spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, depending on what channel you to run an ad during a television show. The issue is there's, what, a thousand television channels? Mm. And even the best shows, the absolute best shows, unless you're, unless you're advertising during an NFL game, are getting one, maybe 2% of the population are watching that show. And then how many of those are skipping or changing the channel during commercials? So you have such a small window to capture their attention. You're right. Now look at some of these, mo- some of these popular YouTube channels. And we're not talking there's a couple dozen. There are thousands of YouTube channels that have videos that, that uh, consistently get 200, 300, 400, a million views, right? I mean, huge, huge numbers. Consistent. They watch the whole video. So if that person, that personality or that TV show, there's, you know, if they have an ad during their show, the people are watching it, right? They're not skipping through the YouTube video to get, to get past that. They're just watching the ad. So there is this, there is, there's this audience that's very targeted that is using this medium. And now, uh, I know that some of the agents listening to this go, uh, my consumers don't watch YouTube videos. Okay. Oh boy. Right. So that's a lot of people say that to me. I mean, I've done enough presentations. I get this, you know, my consumers, they, they want, they love me and, um, they don't watch TV. They don't listen to the radio. They literally just wait for my next email to come out. And when it does, <laughs> they put a hundred percent of their focus onto my content because I am their insurance provider. And, and that's the relationship that we have. And that's amazing. Um, the issue is, uh, if you don't have that relationship, then there are these tools. And YouTube is a great tool because it allows you to give people very targeted, very specific amounts of information in a short period of time, one to two minutes. Uh, I'm going to give you what you need to know on X topic in two minutes. And people like watching videos, especially when you're explaining something like mm-hmm. – um, Uh, One of our most profitable videos at the Murray Group. One of our most profitable. Now, this isn't most viewed. This is most profitable videos. What is New York State short-term disability? Right? What is New York State short-term disability? Why is it our most profitable YouTube video? Because people who are searching for that topic literally type that, that question into Google. What is New York short-term disability? I have created a YouTube video which answers that exact question. So YouTube and Google serve that video to them. They watch the video because they see that it's only a minute and 45 seconds long. So they're going to get the answer to their question, which is what is New York State short-term disability in one minute and 45 seconds. So they're willing to give that to me. They watch it. They see that 
I completely understand what New York State short-term disability is and that our agency is a provider that can do that for them. They pick up the phone, they call, they say, I just watched your video, I need New York State short-term disability. Here's the, here's the, the, the double secret trick to this whole thing, right? Everyone listening is saying, I don't want to sell short-term disability. I mean, it's $44 for a female, $19 for a male. I mean, you'd have to sell 10 million policies to make 50 bucks. Um, <laughs> the reason that you sell some of these smaller policies is because you backdoor into what you really want. So if someone needs New York State short-term disability, what else do they need? Well, in New York, you have to have a comp policy because the only reason that you need short-term disability is if you have employees, and if you have employees, you also need to have comp. So if someone calls me for New York State short-term disability, my first question is not about short-term disability, it's about their comp. Once, if you need workers' comp, what do you also need? Some sort of liability, probably property. If, you know, if the sun is shining, maybe you need professional liability or, so, or some other type of crazy policy or, or a commercial vehicle policy. Now I'm backdooring from this one video that I made. Uh, it took me a minute 45 to create this video. I'm backdooring into a BOP, commercial auto, workers' comp, and their short-term disability policy. Once I have that all locked up, I'm going after the business owner's personal. And now... I'm doing what independent insurance agents do best. That's right. Right? That's right. I mean, that's how this stuff works is when you really start to break down what the purpose of this content is, it's not just it's not just for fun, it's not just to educate people, it's to sell policies. And when you think about what you really want and how you can get there, like like this example that I just gave everybody, Man, this stuff becomes well, really, really good. I like how you say that because I always like the lyric, She came in through the back door window. No, oh wait, that's bathroom window. I'm sorry. Sorry, listeners. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, this is the radio station of Grow Program. So you, every once in a while, you get that. Hi, that is the end of part one with Ryan Hanley for the month of September 2014. Uh, for the uh, we are doing marketing this month. In the next couple days, you should be receiving part two of the Ryan Hanley podcast, where we get a little more practical, bust out some more theory, and find and describe some places and ways that you can start getting leads in your agency immediately. Look forward to part two.